This is another episode of Talks with Tyler ISD, a podcast about the passionate people who have a heart for students. This podcast is brought to you by Texas Bank and Trust. Thank you so much for joining us for Talks with Tyler ISD. I am your host, Jennifer Hines, and joining us today is Superintendent of Schools, Dr. Marty Crawford. Thank you so much for being with us. I appreciate it. Any chance I get to to talk, uh, I take advantage of that. It's what CEOs get paid to do. They get paid to talk. So here we are. Appreciate y'all doing this. It's uh, been an interesting uh, and a very informative project that y'all have um, undertaken, and I think it's uh, very productive. So I appreciate y'all having me on here again. Absolutely. Well, we are excited about the new school year. This, of course, is going to be your ninth year with Tyler ISD and kind of taking a look back over those nine years, you've really helped steer the district in a really good direction. I mean, we are on the right path. Talk to us a little bit about some of the accomplishments when you look back to nine years ago versus where we are today. Yeah, um, 15 years total as superintendent now, but um, certainly uh, you, you talk about me steering the district. I don't know about that. That you know, we've have we have great people, and um, you know, over the last nine years, we've been able to get the right people in the right seats of the bus. And uh, I think the outcomes that we've had this year certainly are reflective of that. Um, and it's tough getting there. Um, when you start talking about where we were at and uh, 13 schools um, almost a decade ago or over a decade ago that were labeled as low performing by the state, um, to get to where we are now um, in, in, a, in an, 88, or, you know, an 88 B rating for the school system um, is something that we're very proud of. But it's not a one guy show. It's not a one leader show. There's a lot of leadership inside of our classrooms and certainly on our campuses with our campus principals and their instructional leadership um, that's really caused this. So, you know, consistency, stability, those are some benchmarks of some things that I can say that, is, that has happened here, not only in the superintendent's chair, but even in the principal's chair that we have on our campuses, our school improvement division that we have as well. Those folks have been with us for, for quite a, a while now. So very proud of our of our staff on that, especially our teachers and certainly our students for performing. And we've seen some great things happen with our facilities, great things happen for academics. And and speaking of that, I mean, it has been a journey. We, we had a really big bump in the road with COVID when it came to accountability and really knowing where we were at and the fact that you had some kids in the classroom and some kids at home for a short period of time. Uh, we've really kind of come out on top when we have just now gotten our first ratings in a few years. Yeah, you know, a pragmatic uh stable school board really did help us get through those years of uncertainty with COVID. Um, we all wanted to be in class right away, but, you know, health data, news reports, the politics that were out there just kind of uh, flying around us at all places. Our board really allowed the, the uh, administration and, and campuses to come up with a plan. And I think that plan was well executed. And you go back to, um, uh, I guess late October of 2020, when we decided to bring everyone back, we think that that was the point in which that we gave ourselves a chance to be successful. Uh, and a lot of East Texas can say the same thing. You know, we, uh, we were the largest school system in the state to bring all of our kids back, uh, to in-person learning, uh, late October of 2020. I think that that's what you're seeing, the fruits of that decision as backed by our board of trustees to get our kids back here safely, of course, um, really did pay off with our outcomes uh, as seen this last spring. 
Well, and I remember being in several meetings with you. Um, not only was it, okay, how are we going to get through this particular time, but how are we going to come out better on the back end? And that's what I love about it is that there was always that futuristic focus of this will be over one day and we've got to make sure that our kids are where they need to be when we get there. And so I think that this is a true testament to that. We've seen huge gains this past year. Um, several of the the campuses maintaining or even jumping a grade, but there there are some shining stars. I mean, let's talk about Rise Academy. That one right there, pretty impressive. In yeah, Rise. Job. You know, Rise went from a D in 2019, uh, which was the last time we were rated, to an A this time. And while they're under the um, Alternative Education uh, Accountability System, it's still quite an accomplishment because you start talking about graduation rates, and you start talking about um, career and college readiness indicators that they really didn't have much data to go with back in 2019 where they've worked these last uh, three years or two and a half years to really improve those um, those statistics and and uh, the analytics are behind them uh, they have a plan over there they, they the the culture of their campus uh, is such that that they're going to help those kids that you know don't fit into the normal comprehensive school environment like we have at both of our high schools um, but you can talk about Rise. You can also talk about Jones and Pete. Both of them had been struggling to, to maintain C status, sometimes would dip below to a D. And here they are um, being a B-rated B campus. The same thing with Dixie, the same thing with Douglas. Um, you know, it's been a goal of ours to say that zip code does not determine um, your academic success. And those are four schools right there. And, oh, by the way, Austin was at a 79. They were one – test away one student test away on one day away from being a b oh. campus as well and so we're very proud of of all of our campuses certainly but certainly those are some 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 highlights a lot to go along with rise and then who can forget owens you know mm -hmm. owens elementary a straight a campus in every domain they have um, rachel sherman her staff and those incredible teachers great group of parents down there supporting our schools and the students performing the way that they did um, there's just a whole lot of good stories built in and baked into to, to the story from last year's accountability ratings well and for those at home that you know they've heard the word ratings they know a b c d there's a lot more that goes into oh. this there are so many like subgroups that they look at and all of these things can you explain to us a little bit about what you're really talking about when you're talking about moving the needle on some of these things, it is across the board. Yeah, there's probably 100,000 data points that goes into each campus in determining their academic rating mm -hmm. every year. So uh, the legislature um, certainly, uh, um, you know, simplified those school ratings as far as the public goes. But for the people that are working, the practitioners that are working uh, on a day-to-day -day basis in regard to, to – uh, making sure that we have quality schools, um, it gets pretty difficult. You start talking about subpopulations uh, in the ethnicities, in your economic status, um, whether or not your special education or maybe what your language status is, whether or not you're a, a learner of other languages, et cetera. Um, there's so many uh, uh, at-bats. I'm a baseball guy, so I always like to say <laughs> so many at-bats that you get um, to get a base hit with. and But also there's also at-bats where you can't, and you may not be successful. So we're having to do a lot of that. Um, we certainly don't teach to the test, but we keep up with those analytics to make sure that we're doing what we can do. And, and the other thing is that the beauty of this is we've embraced assessment. Mm -hmm. um, assessment is a part of life. You assess 
how well you're doing in your own job. You assess how well you're doing in your, your personal finances. Um, you assess how well your family is accomplishing the goals that you've set out. So when we start talking about assessment, it is baked into what we're supposed to be doing. That's teaching and learning in Tyler ISD. And um, I'm really proud of our staff for embracing that. So there's assessment marks all the way through that when we finally get to that day in May or April, whenever they provide the, us an opportunity to perform, we've already gone through the process. We know where our kids are going to perform, do a heck of a job in prognostications with Dr. James Curidan and our assessment and uh, um, uh, an accountability department. I think he's actually been on your show before. Mm -hmm. If not, you need to get him on here. He can really make those <laughs> those numbers dance but in saying that we do a pretty good job of that and i think um, again with stability and and solid instructional leadership coming out of the principal's office and and the folks that work with them um, has really made a difference on getting us in the right direction because we have great teachers already they need a game plan and i think that game plan has been presented to them and they've been executing that and moving the ball down the field very well well, and what I love about it is um, you're talking about numbers, but when you get down to it, that number, you can follow it all the way down to the classroom to that particular student. And that particular student gets the support that they need in order to meet these um, benchmarks. And it's just, it's an important focus. And it's really, you can tell the hard work from everyone. It takes a village has really paid off best ratings in more than a decade for Tyler ISD. So not only great academically, but we're also doing pretty good facilities wise creating some great facilities for our students to learn in and our teachers to teach in and our staff to work in and we've kind of uh we're tying the bow on the bond uh trail so to speak passing of the yeah. 2022 bond yeah you know um within the last five years we've been um very blessed our community has given us the go ahead uh to pass um 300 million dollars nearly $300 million worth of construction work um, by the average of 75% for, 25% against. This last time around was, you know, 65, 35, very respectable. Um, so we're very blessed that the community has provided us with the two high schools um, after wrapping up the 2013 bond to which they provided Bolter, Moore, and Three Lakes, along with renovations at Dixie and at Rice and the CT Center where we're at today. Um, that was followed up by the high school bond. And then this last spring, um, Hubbard and early college high school. And, um, it's a tough time right now. We get it. We, uh, the 70 plus presentations that you and I conducted in the community, um, we got those questions and we realized that it was, uh, um, a, a tough time for consideration, but our community backs us. We've done a good job of managing their, their, um, uh, their benevolence as far as the finances go. Tasha Bjork, our CFO, does a great job. Tim Loper does a great job, who I think you'll have on here uh, uh, shortly in regard to talking about the bond. But those two folks that have been here for 20-plus years are very trustworthy in being able to manage their portion of this facility adventure that we've embarked upon. And, and uh, you know, Tyler, Texas should be proud of what they provided their their students uh, at the, or the, the youth of their community. At the same time, um, they're getting a pretty good deal out, out of it, um, no doubt about it. And yeah. if you start looking at our uh, our our our, our countywide um, taxation efforts, and you compare those to, to counties that look like us, um, the quality of life here, combined to the low tax rate, the low taxation, the commitment to being fiscally conservative, 
um, has been seen um, not only in our facility uh, uh, adventure, but at the same time of committing to making sure that those tax rates start to come back down now, which we actually surpassed any promises we made this last spring in regard to taxation. And then when it all comes back down to it, the commitment of making sure that our student outcomes, our student achievement is our priority is kind of all coming together. The gumbo is there. It's a it, it's quality stuff that we've got going on here in Tyler ISD. Um, not just that our facilities look the part, they're safe and secure, mm -hmm. but at the same time, they're, they're, they're doing what they're designed to do, and that's to produce successful student outcomes, which you saw this spring with our student achievement. Well, and you mentioned two key words there, safety and security, something that the district has been updating as these new buildings have been built, uh, but then in addition, going above and beyond that with all buildings across the district, safety security obviously on the minds of many parents out there, um, some of which we can share, some we can't totally understand, um, just like you don't put blueprints out there uh, for all to see of any, any building and not just school districts. But um, that has been a focus and you have been uh, very proactive in hiring a director of safety and security before it was even something that came down from the state. Has You've had a safety team in place for many years that meets monthly, if not more than that. Uh, kind of talk to us a little bit about the safety and security efforts for Tyler ISD, it's way more than I think most people realize. Yeah, you know, a lot of the things that came down from the legislature are now from the governor's office and TEA and the Texas School Safety Center um, requiring us to have some of these things in place. Um, we've been doing a lot of that. Um, had been celebrating it or publicizing it because uh, we've been doing the work. Uh, but any, any type of theater that's attached to that and, and marketing um, certainly has now come to fruition mm -hmm. uh, because of what happened in Uvalde. And, and, you know, that's what keeps all superintendents up at night. It's what keeps all principals up at night um, is the safety and security of our campuses. And it's such a, a broad, um, uh, you know, project. It's not just the hardening of our campuses, which I think we've done a fabulous job on. Our communities let us do that for the last 20 years yes. in making sure that we have controlled vestibules, for entrance into our campuses to making sure that all of our facilities are designed first and foremost with the safety and security of our teachers and our students at the forefront. Um, but it's also cybersecurity. It's also um, anti-bullying efforts. It's also the re reporting of, of things that you see and any, any whatever apps we might have in regard to see it, say something type of things like that. So we've had a lot of those things in place. We've had a lot of technology in place as far as vape detection etc that goes into safety and security and at the same time we have a the third largest police force in uh smith county possibly the you know one of the larger police forces in east texas altogether no doubt about that Correct. not to mention the fact that we hired um, jeff millslagle our director of safety and security is a retired fbi agent and he has two deputies that are both retired fbi as well that take a look at the peripheral and kind of know what to look at other than just your day-to-day um, policing of the school system, which our police department provides. So it's pretty comprehensive. It's pretty complex. And you're right, Jennifer, we have been doing this now for, for quite some time before, uh, you know, the safety and security team concept or committee concept was, was dreamed up in the legislature. We actually started working on that on a monthly basis, I guess back in 2018, I believe is when this actually started, maybe, maybe a little bit earlier than that. So, 
um, that's a that's a something we always have our eye, our eye on, mm-hmm. and uh, we will continue to have our eye on as well. You know, lastly, uh, some of the things that we're, we're talking about um, that have been procured or scheduled to actually be purchased and, and deployed are door alarms uh, about when doors are propped open. Mm-hmm. That gives you immediate feedback, not only just at the location of the door alarm, so it alerts someone if there's a door that's open that's not supposed to be open, but actually sends alerts to your phone, to, to the administrator's phone, whoever's in charge of that. Um, that's something that we're pretty proud that that's coming um, as supplies are available. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of, This is all kind of hit at the worst time with the supply chain issues that we had and then a lot of inflationary um, costs that are going along with it, but we're we're um, able to make that happen uh, for the safety and security of our of our school system. Um, I spoke about the controlled access uh, points at our campuses. Um, you can't just willy nilly get into a door uh, in Tyler ISD. A lot of school systems are having issues with that because of the age of their buildings, mm-hmm. or the age of the hardware, or the design flaws from the 50s or the 60s or the 70s in those buildings. Um, we have really looked at this as a 21st century project because safety and security is the priority. And then anything from maybe bullet-resistant glass as well. Um, you know, we've got that strategically located throughout um, our facilities already. Um, we've been a vanguard in regard to that. I'm not going to disclose where all that uh, is strategically located. But that's actually something that the state is actually going to be looking at funding for all school systems as we go forward, making sure that, that we have that bullet-resistant glass that anti-breaking glass um, that can also provide us an extra layer of security as well. So we've kind of been on the vanguard, the tip of the spear on that in regard to trying to do that. And I'd solely credit our subject matter experts for being there. Mm-hmm. Um, our police chief, Danny Brown, and our director of safety and security, Agent uh, Jeff Millslagle. Because when it boils down to it, um, I went to teacher school and I went to superintendent school and um, I'm sure they're probably looking at the curriculum for safety and security for mm-hmm. future superintendents. But, um, man, it's a heck of a thing that we're having to consider and having to deal with. But we certainly take it very seriously. And it has really moved up the chain as far as priority goes or our school system, even though it was already a priority. Well, and it's it's good to see that all of these different things are in place because it's not just the facilities and the physical safety of the children. It's also the mental. It's also the health. It's really a multifaceted, multi-department effort uh, on on all fronts. And so it's when somebody asks you, what are you doing for safety and security? I always want to say, well, which part? Like we have so many areas that we are doing something. Uh, so very impressed to see what all we've done and and done before even being asked or even being brought up and mentioned. Very yeah, important. No doubt. It, it is very complex. It's very comprehensive. Uh, when you start talking about what is safety and security, it's not always just the physical hardening of a facility or employing or deploying additional policies to go, um, you know, we've talked about the hybrid guardian plan, the defender program that we've got here mm-hmm. that we'll have, a, you know, we'll, we, we'll be deploying when we're prepared to do that. Our board adopted that policy for that. Um, and, and we're not trying to arm every teacher that we have. Oh, no. Um, or every employee that we have, but we certainly want the flexibility to do so in case we can't hire enough police officers or in case I can't hire more at retired FBI agents. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't just fall off a tree. And so we want to make sure we have our um, we have our options out there. And, and certainly we will take care of the kids' mental health um, as well and make sure that they have agency to, to come to school and want to feel good when they come to, feel good when they come to school and when they leave school. That's also a big 
uh, component of that. And you know what? That's been going on since we've had school. Right. It's not this new thing that we're just now thinking about. Even since Plato and Aristotle were teaching kids, they want to inspire their students to have a, uh, an awesome opportunity to go there. And just like every one of my, I want my kids, own personal kids to enjoy school and to feel good when they come away from there. Um, that's something we've been working on for decades, but now it's at the forefront. And then the last thing I'm going to say is you've got Leader in Me, mm-hmm. um, which is our character curriculum. And you want to talk about response, you know, self-accountability for behavior and self-accountability for academic success and how you treat our th- others. It's all inside of Leader in Me, and that's part of our safety and security program. Absolutely. But it's also a win-win there to speak uh, seven habits. Um <laughs> that it also helps a kid understand that I need to be accountable for my learning because at the end of the day, it's about successful student outcomes. We got to keep them safe and secure while they're doing it, but we want them to graduate um, as academicians that are ready for the workforce or ready for college. Um, That's our priority in Tyler ISD. And I think leader in me is able to kind of intertwine itself within our safety and security program and our successful student outcomes um, uh, mission that we have. It really does teach a lot of those leadership components. For those that don't know or haven't heard what the Leader in Me program is, it is designed after Franklin Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Successful People. This is the student version called Leader in Me, and the whole point is you are a leader, so the leader is inside you, and you make those choices. So you're the one that's responsible for your success, for your behavior, uh, you know, for for what your life is going to look like. And I really like how they instill that starting at a very young age with some of these uh, sayings, like begin with the end in mind is definitely one of them, win-win you just used. Yeah. And this is something that in the past few years, it was maybe at just a couple of campuses, and it's now district-wide. Top to bottom, there is some component at every level. Yeah, each campus has leadership coaches, um, or leader me coaches on their campus that are responsible with their principal of making sure that all kids are getting the good stuff. Because at one time, it was just at Jack Elementary School, just at Andy Woods Elementary School, and now it's district-wide. And it's a big part of our, um, uh, again, of our character ed program. But at the same time, um, that self-accountability for for your learning outcomes and your behavior, that's old school. That's not something that we've invented here. Uh, it's just kind of been you know, bundled into this program that we have for Leader and Me. And uh, at some of our campuses, it's part of their DNA. It's, it's what we want to do for our district as well, um, is to make sure that that happens. So uh, Jack Elementary being a lighthouse school, they're, they're up for a legacy school, which yes. I think there's only three in the world, um, or they would be the third uh, mm-hmm. one in the world to actually have that designation. Um, it's up as well. So I'm um, very proud of our, of our campuses and, and that, are, that are embarking on that. Uh, at the same time, the ones that have already been doing it, you know, you can't say too much about Jack. Jack's been a consistently A-rated campus. Um, they're B this time around, and Andy Woods is a B. Well, a lot of that has to do with it. I think if you talk to those students, they are responsible for their learning. They are responsible for their behavior, not the teachers. Uh, and then that gets into the home. Uh, we want to make sure that our parents are engaged in this as well, that they're encouraging, you know, school-appropriate behavior, and a focus on um, on uh, becoming a better reader or a, a better mathematician um, mm-hmm. or better in the sciences or the social sciences. And it doesn't get any better than that. So uh, you get that synergy 
uh, synergize, which is another, which is another one another of the seven one. habits. Yes. Um, and, 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 and you know what? They can get home. They can also sharpen the saw a little they bit can. and work on the stuff that we've actually been working <laughs> on. So just throwing a little bit of that out there about leader and yes. me, um, you know, my own child, um, uh, that's now a seventh grader, uh, just to watch her become a young lady and a young adult. I, I really think that the staff at Jack did a great job of helping her get there, mm-hmm. uh, and teaching her how to be responsible for her own self. Yeah. Uh, and how she treats others and how she behaves and how she performs academically. That's wonderful. Well, thank you for the insight into kind of all these different areas, things that we've been working on, things that are going on in Tyler ISD this year. Is there anything else that you would like to share before we wrap up our podcast? No, uh, you know, I, I, you know, going into year nine, uh, it's, it's, it's been amazing. Tyler's a great place to raise um, a family. Uh, it's a great place to work. And, um, you know, again, I'll go back to our school board, man, uh, such a stable and consistent group of, of individuals that, that know how to govern. Uh, and while we've had the last two years, it just seems like it's been all over the place nationally, even some stuff from, you know, in, in, in Texas altogether, they really do keep the main thing, the main thing, and that is student achievement. And what a joy that is for a, for an old superintendent like myself. I can say that now. Um, to work for those seven individuals. And there's seven different individuals. Yeah. Um, so that says a lot about our community on who they choose to be on our school board and the things that we actually do work on. And now there are some things that we just don't like to work on that have kind of popped up on us mm-hmm. that are really distracting towards student achievement. Um, but, but our board's done a pretty good job of limiting how much time and effort they, uh, that, that they dedicate in, in focusing on those things that are such distractions. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Of course, we have tons of things going on in Tyler ISD all throughout the year. If you want to stay in the know, you can also sign up for our district newsletter that is going to be found at get.tylerisd.news. And there you can sign up for the district newsletter. And this is for anybody out there in the community that wants to know what's going on inside Tyler ISD. Thanks so much for joining us for our podcast. You can always check us out on Spotify and please share this with your friends and family. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Texas Bank and Trust. And thank you for joining us. Subscribe to Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Please share this episode with your family and friends.